0: Section ninety-five of Reviews by Oscar Wilde. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reviews by Oscar Wilde, edited by Robert Ross. Section ninety-five, three new poets. The Paul Mall Gazette, July twelfth, eighteen eighty-nine. Books of poetry by young writers are usually promissory notes that are never met. Now and then, however, one comes across a volume that is so far above the average that one can hardly resist the fascinating temptation of recklessly prophesying a fine future for its author. Such a book Mr. Yeats's Wanderings of Achene certainly is. Here we find Nobility of Treatment and Nobility of Subject Matter delicacy of poetic instinct, and richness of imaginative resource. Unequal and uneven much of the work must be admitted to be. Mr. Yates does not try to out-baby Wordsworth, we are glad to say, but he occasionally succeeds in out-glittering Keats, and here and there, in his book, we come across strange crudities and irritating conceits. But when he is at his best he is very good, if he has not the grand simplicity of epic treatment he has at least something of the largeness of vision that belongs to the epical temper he does not rob of their stature the great heroes of celtic mythology he is very naive and very primitive and speaks of his giants with the air of a child here is a characteristic passage from the account of aschine's return from the island of forgetfulness And I rode by the plains of the sea's edge, where all is barren and grey, Grey sands on the green of the grasses, and over the dripping trees, Dripping and doubling landward, as though they would hasten away, Like an army of old men longing for rest from the moan of the seas. Long fled the foam-flakes around me, the winds fled out of the vast, Snatching the bird in secret, nor knew I in bosom depart, When they froze the cloth on my body like armour riveted fast. FOR REMEMBRANCE, LIFTING HER LEANNESS, KEENED IN THE GATES OF MY HEART. TILL, FATTENING THE WINDS OF THE MORNING, AN ODOR OF NEW-MOWN HAY CAME, AND MY FOREHEAD FELL LOW, AND MY TEARS LIKE BERRIES FELL DOWN. LATER A SOUND CAME, HALF LOST IN THE SOUND OF A SHORE FAR AWAY, FROM THE GREAT GRASS-BARNACLE CALLING, AND LATER THE SHORE-WIND'S BROWN. IF I WERE AS I ONCE WAS, THE GOLD HOOVES CRUSHING THE SAND AND THE SHELLS, coming forth from the sea like the morning with red lips murmuring a song not coughing my head on my knees and praying and wroth with the bells i would leave no saint's head on his body though spacious his lands were and strong making way from the kindling surges i rode on a bridle-path much wondering to see upon all hands of wattle and woodwork made by bell-mounted churches and guardless the sacred cairn and the earth and a small and feeble populace stooping with mattock and spade. In one or two places the music is faulty, the construction is sometimes too involved, and the word populace in the last line is rather infelicitous. But when all is said, it is impossible not to feel in these stanzas the presence of the true poetic spirit. A young lady who seeks for a song-surpassing sense and tries to reproduce mr browning's mode of verse for our edification may seem to be in a somewhat parlous state but miss carolyn fitzgerald's work is better than her aim venetia victrix is in many respects a fine poem it shows vigour intellectual strength and courage The story is a strange one. A certain Venetian, hating one of the ten who had wronged him, and identifying his enemy with Venice herself, abandons his native city, and makes a vow that, rather than lift a hand for her good, he will give his soul to hell. As he is sailing down the Adriatic at night, his ship is suddenly becalmed, and he sees a huge galley, where sate, like counsellors on high, exempt elate, the fiends triumphant in their fiery state on their way to Venice. He has to choose between his own ruin and the ruin of his city. After a struggle he determines to sacrifice himself to his rash oath. I climbed aloft, my brain had grown one thought, one hope, one purpose, and I heard the hiss of raging disappointment. Loth to miss its prey, I heard the lapping of the flame that through the blenched figures went and came, darting in frenzy to the devil's yell. I set that cross on high, and cried, To hell my soul for ever, and my deed to God. Once Venice, guard it safe, Let this vile clod drift where fate will. And then, the hideous laugh of fiends in full possession, Keen to quaff the wine of one new soul not weak with tears, pealing like ruinous thunder in mine ears, I fell and heard no more. The pale day broke through Lazar windows, And when once more I woke, Remembering I might no more dare to pray. Benicia Victrix is followed by Ophelion, a curious lyrical play whose dramatis personae consist of night, death, dawn, and a scholar. It is intricate rather than musical, but some of the songs are graceful, notably one beginning, Lady of Heaven, most pure and holy, Artemis, fleet as the flying deer, glide through the dusk like a silver shadow, mirror thy brow in the lonely mirror. Miss Fitzgerald's volume is certainly worth reading. Mr. Richard Le Gallienne's little book, Volumes in Folio, as he quaintly calls it, is full of dainty verse and delicate fancy, lines such as, And lo, the white face of the dawn yearned like a ghost's against the pane, a sobbing ghost amid the rain, or like a chill and pallid rose slowly up-climbing from the lawn. Strike, with their fantastic choice of metaphors, a pleasing note at present mr le Gallienne's muse seems to devote herself entirely to the worship of books and mr le Gallien himself is steeped in literary traditions making keats his model and seeking to reproduce something of keats's richness and affluence of imagery he is keenly conscious how derivative his inspiration is Verse of my own? Why ask so poor a thing when I might gather from the garden ways of sunny memory, fragrant offering of deathless blooms and white unwithering sprays? Shakespeare had given me an English rose and honeysuckle, Spencer sweet as dew, or I had brought you from that dreamy close, Keats' passion blossom or the mystic blue star-flower of Shelley's song, or shaken gold from lilies of the blessed Damosel, or stolen fire from out the scarlet fold of Swinburne's poppies. Yet, now that he has played his prelude with so sensitive and so graceful a touch, we have no doubt that he will pass to larger themes and nobler subject matter, and fulfil the hope he expresses in this sextet. For if, perchance, some music should be mine, I would fling forth its notes like a fierce sea, to wash away the piles of tyranny, To make love free and faith unbound of creed. Oh, for some power to fill my shrunken line, And make a trumpet of my oaten reed. One. The Wanderings of Oshin and Other Poems, By W. B. Yeats, Keegan Paul. Two. Venetia Victrix, By Caroline Fitzgerald, Macmillan and Company. Three. Volumes in Folio, By Richard Le Gallien. Elkin Matthews. End of section ninety five.